Thank you so much. Uh, I was so um, honored and humbled to be invited to speak tonight and share my story. Um, and before I begin, I'd just like to take a moment to just drop down and ask my higher power to help me uh, to get out of the way so that whatever needs to be heard, it can, I will say, to help uh, somebody who uh, might still be suffering from this terrible disease. All right, so um, my name is Susan G and I'm from Tennessee. And um, I, uh, I have been coming to OA since 2005 and I've lost 147 pounds and I'm still moving toward a healthy body weight. Um, so uh, first of all, I'd like to say what it was like before the program. So I grew up in the South where, you know, everybody's grandmother and aunt are great cooks and every celebration is with food, lots of it and really good food. And so I learned to enjoy eating at a very young age. I was fairly athletic, so it didn't really show uh, up physically until I hit puberty. And uh, when that happened, I became more self-conscious about my body and all of a sudden I couldn't run it off, you know, or, or whatever I was doing athletically. And um, that was the physical part. And then, you know, the far, more far reaching and um, harder part was when I began not wanting to overeat um, and I couldn't stop. I'm an emotional eater. I'm still an emotional eater. And so when I talk a little bit more about what I, how I work my program now, uh, you, you'll be able to tell how I kind of live differently. But so my uncontrolled overeating progressed. Um, when I got into college, it was, uh, I would skip responsibilities, classes, et cetera. Uh, after college, I would uh, continue to uh, begin to steal food. Um, I'm a retired educator. And uh, so I was notorious for uh, wanting to clean up after lunch with the kids because I could eat the food that, that was left over. Uh, you know, and their moms packed all these sugary, crappy, carby things that, you know, I just would just eat, 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 eat. Well, um, so I, I ended up getting married and I have two daughters that are, they're my stepdaughters and, um, raising children proved to be a challenge. And so it, food turned from celebration, nourishment to escape, to dealing with difficult situations. And, I, I just did not like, I, I lost myself somewhere in that process. And, you know, but I looked fine as far as like, I could, I held jobs. I, you know, was a wife, I was a mother, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it really did um, become, my life became more and more unmanageable, the more powerless I, uh, I was with my, with my food addiction. Um, when I came to OA in 2005, I was in graduate school 
uh, I, at Belmont University. I'm from Tennessee, so I was going to school there. And one of my professors had sent me up to Buffalo, New York to work on a project up there, data collection project. While I was there, she sent me an email. And the email had uh, at the top an anonymous quote, I placed my hand in yours. And I won't finish it because I know you, I see by your smiles, you know what that is. And um, so I looked it up and lo and behold, that's how I found OA. So um, when I got back in uh, to Tennessee, I looked up Overeaters Anonymous and um, decided to go and attend my first meeting. At that time, I was weighing well over 300 pounds and I was just barely getting by. I, I was really miserable and I was very sad and angry and just all kind of an emotions. I didn't really know, you know, what it was. And um, I recall when I went to my first meeting in 2005, two things. One, I was so scared. I, I didn't even look up for the first like 30 minutes, 40 minutes of the meeting. I was just buried down. I had a hoodie on. I usually have my head covered anyway, but anyway, I had my hoodie on, you know, I was uh, just hiding in the back row and back circle. Well, these people were laughing about what they did with food. I was like, what is going on? I mean, how can you possibly laugh about this? This is serious business, people. This, this is serious. And um, it was just quite amazing to me uh, uh, that this was going on. And um, so they talked about having a disease. And in the, in the weeks to come, I listened, uh, listened a lot about uh, you know, what they were talking about, uh, the disease. Now, I, I just have a problem with food. You know, I'm just having a little trouble not eating. And um, I've been so I, thank you, Nancy. Um, and, and so I thought, well, they've got something I want. They're, they're joyful. And they seem quite free to talk about this problem. And they, they seem like really good friends. So I wanted to know what they had and what was going on. Well, after the first meeting, a woman comes up to me, hands me a book, Voices of Recovery, and asks me to read it. And then she offered to be, um, you know, help me out. And so she, she introduced me to who was my first temporary sponsor. And um, it took me a few months, but I, I got abstinent. Uh, I decided I was going to work the steps. She was a big book thumper, if you know what that is, a person who loves the big book. And I love the big book. It has helped me tremendously. And so she took me through the steps. I gave her my first fourth step, you know, in the fifth step, which is the fifth step. And the secrets that I held, folks, you know, um, and I thought I was going to go to the grave with these things. Well, I ended up, you know, telling her everything. And, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks later, she told me she couldn't sponsor me anymore. And I was devastated. I thought, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm too, I'm too far gone. So I relapsed and I left. And I didn't bother thinking, she may have told me why not, but um, 
I couldn't hear it. You know, I was so still much in so much pain. So I relapsed and I left the program. Well, uh, some time passed and then I was desperate again and had gained weight. Um, and so I um, came back and worked the steps with another sponsor. And we got through the steps. I had a more pleasant fifth uh, step, sixth, seventh step came along. And well, I refused to sponsor. And I just said, oh, I'm not doing that. You know, I'll lead a meeting or I'll do some little service, but I really, I'm not doing any of that big service stuff. Well, guess what happened? I relapsed and I left because there was such shame attached. I thought of myself as a failure if I relapsed. I still hadn't gotten that, you know, there's no cure for this disease. We just learn how to manage it uh, with a lot of help, right? So, well, lo and behold, I find my way back because, you know, after, after trying things, gaining weight, I come back. And um, after I was back a while working the steps, beginning to move towards a healthy body weight, uh, I, unfortunately, Lou Gehrig's disease hit my family. And so I lost my mother, my father, and my brother within a year and a half. And the grief and the anger towards God was so intense. And I just, I was working a great program. I was attending meetings. I was working, using the, all the tools, working the steps. But, you know, at, when the third and final family member died, my brother, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember the first bite. I, I just don't know what happened, but somewhere along the way I picked up and I relapsed. And guess what I did? I left the fellowship. I, I stopped going to meetings, you know, and everything. Well, I was um, in a hotel room in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And ironically, I meant to start out with this. So tonight I got into town. I'm in a hotel room in Chattanooga tonight. And I have chills just now saying that because here I am telling my story and this was, you know, um, so I'm, I'm back again, but I'm better tonight than I was back then. I was eating and I was not stopping eating. I was on a mission to, um, to really kill myself by food, by fork. And so I was eating and eating my, I'm a diabetic type two. I was on insulin, five shots of insulin a day and the max amount of metformin, high blood pressure. And um, so I got a phone call from a fellow while I was binging my brains out down here in Chattanooga. And uh, she says, Susan, she said, I'm really concerned about you. She says, will you come to a meeting when you get back in town? And so, you know what I did? For some reason, it was you keep coming back until the miracle happens. Because for some reason, that Saturday when I got back into Nashville area, I went to back and returned to the program. And uh, I began, I asked a woman who was uh, with me early on in 2005, and she was always caring and loving towards me, kind of God with skin on, you know. And I asked her if she would be my sponsor. She was a long timer. She's bulimic. And um, she said, absolutely. And so she um, suggested I get some outside help. I went to a doctor. I went and uh, who helped me? I went to a registered dietitian. 10 minutes. And um, so, 
Thank you. So, um, so there was a real turning point. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm 56. So I'm an old lady, I feel like sometimes and I think my story's rich, I'm leaving out a lot of good juicy tidbits. But you know, we, I just say what comes to my head. But um, well, anyway, so uh, in 2019, August of 2019, I had been moving, I was under 300 pounds. And, and uh, I was so I was, I think I weighed around 240. And uh, on August 3rd, 2019, I was hit by a truck driver who fell asleep at the wheel and he hit me going about 55 miles an hour. And I, they had to, you know, take me over to the hospital and it took me about a year of physical therapy. Um, and um, so the doctor said to me, you know, you're lucky to be alive. So I wasn't able to cook. I wasn't able to get my food and all of this. And my husband did the best he could. But, you know, I picked up, folks, I picked up. And uh, not a lot, not major benches. But I began picking up and adding on some weight. And I recognized what was happening. And the difference is I stayed. I went to my meeting and I said, I'm in trouble. I need help. And I need you to tell me what to do. Because every other time it's not worked. And I have a second chance in life. I need help. So they said, go back to that registered dietitian, accept that plan and do it. And so I did. January 5th of 2020, I have been entirely abstinent. And it's a year, I think, in nine months and some days now. And um, so I told that I told my registered dietitian, and I realized not everybody needs this. This is an outside person, but I needed this. And I said, "Okay, Dr. Holly, I said, give me the food plan. And right away, I was judging too much dairy, too much grains, not enough this, yada, yada, you know. But I thought I'm going to prove her wrong. So I, I ate the food plan for a month, went back and had lost some weight. And I thought, oh, well, it's not going to work next month. So now she and I tease because we are, uh, you know, I still can't prove her wrong, right? So, um, so, you know, the physical has come along. But so much more, it's the steps. If there's any message I have to you tonight, it's do the steps, work the steps, keep coming back to the steps. And that is what has helped me. That is the difference between a support group or a pay and way, which I've done, is the steps. And I was willing, I'm, today I'm willing to work to, to stay abstinent emotionally and physically and spiritually grow, no matter what. I was a gal that would say, oh, let, later, I'm too frazzled. Later, I will figure out how I can can stay abstinent. I, I just can't deal with that now. That's That was just such an old belief system of mine. It was, I don't know where that came from. But now the work of OA for me, having been here, you know, for 15 plus years is I stop. If I am emotionally, um, if my serenity is at risk, right? My peace is getting disturbed. I have to stop. I'll make a phone call to my sponsor 
Oh, I have two sponsors. I have a step sponsor. I have a food sponsor. My food sponsor is a young gal who's been in program a year and a half. And my older sponsor is like, Susan, I don't want to hear about your food. I don't care what you're eating. But somebody new in the program and young, they might be helped by how you eat, committing your food every night. So, so that's what I do. Well, so if something disturbs me, I'll call sponsors. I will write about it. Step 10 you know, inventory, inventory is a good thing. I'm no longer afraid of myself. I'm just a human being like all of you, you know, and I, I'm a fairly okay gal, I reckon, you know, I kind of like hanging out with myself these days. Um, but if I don't, then I, I hit those steps. So sometimes I get it like on the first or second shot. And I'm like, oh, this is good. I, I'm, you know, I'm relieved of this. Um, I don't really have food cravings. I have emotional cravings, a need to feel something in my soul or my mind. And, um, and a lot of times it has to do with I want to control other people and other things. And so, um, so, but there are times when it takes me all kinds of ways and I have to keep at it. And that's my work. So, and that's what I've learned from the long timers in our program who have long term recovery, they still have the amount of time you and I have, and that's just today and in this right moment, but they never stop working to find whatever the solution needs to be today, right now, minutes. to return to serenity. <laughs> All right, thank you, and I, I'm going to take a little bit more, and then I'm going to stop, okay? Um, so, um, so what I do love is, I love the idea that together we get better, I, if I could do this on my own, I would have done it, but I can't. And now the, the miracle is that I want to. And so I really enjoy, well, I don't know if I enjoy, let me rephrase. I really try to embrace the idea and hear myself say, I need help. Those are some of my favorite words now. I need help. You got time for a 10th step? or, you know, whatever it is, or how's your dog doing, you know, or whatever it is, you know, to get, to get my mind off of whatever it is, or to, to kind of shore up what needs to be shored up. So I'm often asked, what, how do you work your program now? And I can certainly go into details about food plans and such, but I will say this, I sponsor, all right, now I sponsor about six women. Uh, I um, am sponsored by two, a food sponsor and step sponsor. And by anytime I go to a meeting, I'm sponsored by whoever shares, right? Because they're telling me, they're teaching me something. And then um, I serve, I give service. So I, in addition to sponsoring, I do lead meetings. Uh, I've been, I tell my story when asked. Um, I'm currently on the MTI, I'm the treasurer of our intergroup and I was the vice chair. Um, I help with retreats, et cetera. And of course, gratitude. If, if there's a problem, I better turn my ass to gratitude because if the minute I stop being grateful, there's where my addictive mind starts to really take hold because I either get a sense of entitlement, poor pitiful me or whatever, and that really can lead me down a dark path. So I really just try to extend the hand and heart of OA to those who still suffer because that's what I'm responsible for. And I was such an irresponsible person for years that, you know, to be responsible and willing to um, go to any lengths 
to maintain my sobriety and help somebody else is just a joy. It's a joy. So the last but not least, why did you listen to me? Well, I got some photos and um, some kind fellow uh, showed me how to do this. So let's see if I can make this work. Um, Okay. Let's see here. All right, so here, here are some photos that, okay, can you see those? Um, so, oh, wait, let's see. There, okay, can you see those now? So that's me on the left after my brother and I were, had delivered ashes and before he died. And then that's me on the right. I did a triathlon in, in uh, July this year after the triathlon that's me let's see if i've got anything else i think that may be all i've got uh, well yeah let me i'm gonna try to i think that's probably enough i've got some other photos but you know just the bloated sad pitiful me and then today i'm fairly joyful you know most of the time just kind of peaceful and rolling along so um um one more story and then I'll stop. And that is this. So um, when I was coming home from school um, and I had relapsed one time, I was just, I couldn't stop. I was a junk food junkie and I would stop at drive throughs on the way home. And when I'd finish a meal, I'd eat another, go stop at another one and just eat, eat, eat. Well, I began having chest pains. And so on my way home, I uh, when I got to town, I went to the doctor and um, he hooked me up on the machine, EKG or whatever. And I was lying there on the table, half naked from the waist up. And he leans over to me. He said, Susan, you're having a heart attack. He said, if you want to live, we need to get to the hospital now. He said, if you want to die, then just lay here. And here's my response. This is how sick I was. I said, I'll go to the hospital, but I need to run one errand. So I'll meet you there. He goes, no, I need to get you there by ambulance. I said, I refused. I got up off the table, got dressed. I proceeded to go to the local McDonald's. I got a Big Mac, a large fry, a large chocolate shake. And within a five minute period while having a heart attack, I consumed all of that to deal with having a heart attack. Now I got to the hospital on time and I didn't have the heart attack, but do you see how soul sick I was and how unable I was to deal with anything? It was, I don't ever want to go back there. And thank goodness for you, each one of you, I'm giving you all a big hug and saying, thank you for my recovery. Thank you for my recovery. I don't ever want to lose it. And I, if as long as I stay with you and ask for help when I need it, I'm going to be all right. And, um, Thank you for listening and thank you for letting me share. And uh, with that, I will pass it back. Thank you.